Coming up on this episode, we begin with frozen pizza deliveries, angry woodchucks, and emails from friends of the show. Then we get into the week's tech news, including overly complex sauce dispensers and maximum EU fines. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 364, recorded May 22nd, 2023. Crazy Condiment Combinations. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic. It's the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and Y-O-U. That's right, you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who have the solution to our looming debt crisis. They're going to hold an old-fashioned bake sale. It's Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. If if you all were based in Seattle, I would pick, and I'll, I'll just talk about it now, Someone, I think I read some article where it was like, try this, uh, this Seattle-based pizza. It's the best frozen pizza you've ever had. I was like, really? Hmm. Eyebrow raised. Okay. So I ordered some. It is so good. It's sourdough pizza, which I've, I'm not sure I've ever had before. Though, And as soon as I had it, I was like, how come no, not everybody isn't making sourdough pizza? It's so good. You bake it at like 500 degrees. And it has a crispy crust. It's got, they have interesting toppings. It's not just cheese and pepperoni. They've got some, you know, kind of unique, fun flavors. And they they make them fresh every weekend. Then you get them delivered frozen to your door. It's amazing. Damn. So if you're looking for a new business idea in the Boston area, that's, that's I think, that is a thing that I think every major city is going to have eventually. Because it's so much better than the store-bought pizza. It's it's better than some of the pizza restaurants that we like just go to. So they only deliver locally. Is that the idea? That is correct. And does it? It comes frozen, semi-frozen. It comes frozen. Okay, but it's I don't, it's fresh. It's fresh to frozen. I think so. Okay. Yeah. It's not That's like sitting in a warehouse for weeks before it gets to you. It's like they make it, they freeze it, and they ship it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll do cookies, and they do bread. They do all sorts of things like that. It's like, wow. what if we had an industrial bakery in a warehouse in the industrial area and just sold everything that we baked and baked all sorts of stuff that people can't normally make themselves? It's great. It is it good. is it delivered uh, UPS, FedEx, local courier? Just a guy, as far okay. as I can tell. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Because I was, <laughs> I was doing the math in my head, and I'm like, it would be ludicrously expensive to UPS ship like within a town frozen goods no and when you it, they just have a shopify website so this is like mm. you know the interesting things people do with technology right they have a shopify website you buy things as if you are buying a, a good that is going to be shipped to you but during the checkout process you need to a acknowledge they don't put any fancy pants you know dry ice none of that it's getting dropped off at your door frozen in a bag um so you have to acknowledge the risk you're like i will be home to receive this delivery and put it in the freezer immediately and you have to tell them where you have to like see you know someone could write a program to do this but they only deliver certain areas on certain days and so you have to say like i'm gonna i live in this part of town and i acknowledge that you're gonna deliver it on thursday that makes sense. Some guy shows Now up. that's a good business. Speaking of, so this is related. We've had a weird issue with some GPS system. It's definitely not Google Maps. Um, but and this was first first service. When did this first come up? 
you know, very early on, we got delivered of a furniture or something, and someone was like, oh, boy, yeah. And this is funny because it's happened to us at our last place, too. The GPS sent me to completely other, you know, the other side of town. I was like, that's weird. Um, and then this time, when the first pizza delivery came, they they have some, they use like an app called Courier or something. So it sends you a text message like, hey, your courier is on the way. And then it, you know, brings you to a tracking page. In the tracking page, it had the wrong, it had the correct address all of the words were correct the pin on the map was completely wrong it was like Mm. it was all the way on the end of this street right before it gets to the ocean there are no houses there either so it's luckily it's as soon as you arrive you're like uh this doesn't seem like a house that i should be delivering things to so but it's not the right it's the right street it's It's the correct street wrong number Um, i wonder if your street was at one point renumbered that's possible. I have noticed there's lots of things here where the street stops and then you realize it doesn't actually stop. It's just interrupted by a cliff and then the street continues mm. um, <laughs> uh, somewhere else. Uh, but so what it, could it be? Because it's not Google Maps. Is it like open street map? It's, you know, I, Apple Maps isn't certainly the thing that's powering all these delivery services. Is Does it TomTom? I know Waze is owned by Google, but they weren't originally. Do they run their own maps? I don't I don't know. I've been wondering how separate those things are. Because I've been trying to reproduce it and I can't. Because if I feel like if I could reproduce it, I would certainly try to contact whatever company it is because it it's a huge pain in the ass. Plum oh right, the plumbers are in the totally wrong area. They called us, they're like, Where are you? Where's your house? It's like I don't get it. Now it's <laughs> I think it might be like we're. I think our legal address is. I won't say it on the air, <laughs> but it has a W in it. It's not West. It's W, and so I wonder if oh. that could be people up because you wouldn't oh, say damn. W. You might say West. But why, why would that be ambiguous? It's not like what other W could there possibly be? Um, anyways, tough I one. think I will look up. Well, let me try Open Street Map. That's a thing that you can. Well, you're looking that up. Uh, I live on uh, something road. <laughs> and right around the corner is the same name, but it's something trace, which oh, I never God. trace as a suffix. I didn't even know was a thing, but it is. Um, and I've gotten all I've gotten like Facebook messenger. Oh, I'm here to pick up the chair. And I said, you definitely are at the wrong house, lady. You want and I always direct them in that way. And yeah, this, they've gotten a few of mine. This happens to us, too. Our. What is happening? Oh, never mind. I was going to demonstrate on Google Maps. But the, the so my address is an east. It's my street east. And a quarter of a mile away, there is the same number address on the same street, but the street is west. It's like a mirror image of my of my street. Uh, like you like cross the kitty corner, like cross a road and go, you know, a quarter of a mile. And that's where Sean, we walked by this place when, when you were visiting for my birthday. Uh, that's where like one to two times a month, something for us gets delivered to the point where like a woman who lives there, like found Laura's number on a packing <laughs> slip on a package once and will now text her <laughs> like every time <laughs> You got to be good neighbors about that. I used yeah. to, the, the folks on Trace, they used to, a little girl used to come up with her mother. She was so excited. Here's your package. You know, yeah, they, yeah. she loved it. It was great. I, I grew up on a six and a half. 
was my childhood address uh, because six and eight were there. And then they built a house in between them. Really? That's and they didn't, cool. they didn't want to read. Uh, no. Well, I thought that only cool, happened in but, New York city. And I wasn't ever sure if those were legal addresses. I thought no, it was just I, the landlord being cute. I lived in the middle of nowhere, but no, they, they built it between a six and an eight. So it was six and a half and it messed up our mail all the time. Wow. All the time. Not advisable, but memorable. Yeah, that's yeah, that is rare in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, because it was the house was kind of behind six, but the driveway kind of went between six and eight, but it was still like it connected to the same road. So they it was six and a half. That's funny. I'm looking at my street and open street map gets it correct. Uh, but also gives me tons of detail on this map. And I can see that uh, all of the houses on our street have at least one number in between them, both on the even and odd side, mm. just in case. I wonder if it was renumbered at one point. Maybe. Well, yeah, mm. it's surprising because the house that I li- live in was originally part of a house near us. So it, it's incredible that they had enough foresight to... Be like, what if there is another house sometime in the future that is put between these two houses, which are already subdivided? That would be an incredible amount of foresight. Hmm. I always wondered if there was a standard, like, you know, you're chopping up pieces of land. Like, how far apart do you, like, do they count the numbers? Like, are the numbers measured or is it just... It does seem like in the newer neighborhoods, it's all four digits. Have you noticed that? They're prepared. No, sixteen hundred. I've seen five digit. By the way, Have you ever, I've seen five digit addresses. Then I'm like, you're in some kind of development from hell. At that point, if you need five digits for your address, man, that's just too much. That's pretty crazy. Well, interesting. The the streets that run north south here seem to have I never noticed this until looking at the map, four digit addresses, but west to east always has three digit addresses. Dan, you're like one step away from a national oh, you know treasure what? Actually, discovery here. It, I get it. The west to east streets are shorter than the north south streets. They have fewer houses on them because they're rectangular blocks. That's why. Hmm. wild learning so many things yeah and here's a house here's a building that has four addresses associated with it. oh man so interesting riveting podcast radio well i can pivot the subject i got bit by a woodchuck <laughs> that's a hard pivot that's a hard. I just went right for it. What? I got a ground. I, I don't know if you can. It's healing a little bit there, but what? you can kind of see. Yeah. Were you flipping it off? Uh, I should have. In retrospect, you, I should have chucking it. The bird. Uh, <laughs> no, but it did end up getting chucked. I'll tell you. Uh, no, I was in a. Uh, I was in a parking lot with my mother, uh, walking towards the car, and a car had like backed out of a spot. And started to drive away. And what had been under the car was not a baby baby, but a very young woodchuck was just sitting there. I would have just walked by and not given a shit because I'm a mature adult. But my mother said, oh, my God, we got to do something. Someone's going to hit it. I was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell. So I kind of go up to and I try and like shoo it towards the grass and (laughs) the thing won't move. It just won't. 
I basically walk right up to it and then it runs over to my feet. Like I'm protecting it like a car over it, I guess. I don't know. It's scared. But no matter what I do, I just cannot get it to move. And there's like cars all around and traffic and we're like in the way and we look like lunatics. And instead of doing the smart thing, which is stop and assess the scene for a moment, I say, fuck it. And I just pick it up. Check the scene for safety. Uh, I should have done that. I had a blanket in the car I could have used. I, I, I had many options. I just say, screw it. I go and I pick it up with both hands. And my thought was, well, it was calm near my feet. It seemed comfortable around people. I'll just pick it up and carry it over. Well, of course, what do you, the thing just starts going nuts in my hands. And then I'm like, well, but the way I have it, you know, they don't have like long necks. I'm like, there's no way. And of course the thing tur- gets around and it's got those two little really sharp teeth in the front. Oh boy. Does, does that thing freaking hurt? So I'm like, and of course I don't immediately drop it. So I'm like carrying it as it's like biting me. I'm like, ah, and then finally I kind of like <laughs> chuck it the final two or three feet onto the grass. Um, and the thing, just stood there and seemed very confused. So that's incredible. And my mother laughed and laughed and she thought it was hilarious. Did she take a video? That was the one thing I told her after I said, if you had taken a video, at least it would have been worth it. And instead this was stupid. And now I might have rabies. So uh, <laughs> that was my follow-up question. Was, that was going to be my next question too. Yeah. Uh, do you have to get rabies shots? Have to is a strong word. Did I? No. So <laughs> we'll find out how this works out. The thing didn't, seem rabid although i did learn that woodchucks actually carry a specific disease that if you get bit and contract it you actually get severe flu-like symptoms thankfully i've been fine this was on thursday so i think i'm the worst has passed wow that would be wild if uh one of the hosts of don't panic died of rabies <laughs> And I'm like, at least it'd be memorable. I saw my coworkers. They're like, well, we'd remember you as the guy who got rabies and died. One of like 10 people a year who die from rabies. Have I told Uh, you all the story that I, I think this record has now been broken again, but for a while I was, I knew and was on a trip with a person who, while they were on that trip was the first person in some amount of years in the United States to contract the bubonic plague. Wow. No. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. We were on a Boy Scout trip, and at night, this was in the Grand Teton National Park, National Forest in Wyoming, I think, and at night, you could hear the wolves howling, uh, and they're killing shit, Uh, and in the morning, we would go out, and we were doing stuff. We were taking down. We were doing, like, work, and you'd find the meal. Uh just around uh and apparently i saw this once from a distance i was like whoa that's gross but also wow they don't leave a lot behind uh (laughs) they use every part of the buffalo as it were um (laughs) but then yeah a couple weeks later it was all over the connecticut news local boy scout contracted bubonic plague from getting too close to one of these uh mostly eaten piles of bones um and that was the first case in like many decades. I'm pretty sure I remember reading since that the bubonic plague has all happened a couple times in the U.S. since then. Is this is this when you boldly confess to the world that you're the one who pushed him into the pile of <laughs> and it was you who did it? All no, those years I was ago? I was not there from what I remember. Oh, here you go. There's a whole CDC website on this. Is that like. 
did he touch the bones? Probably. They're just splattered. Oh, reported cases, 1970-2020. There's only one in Connecticut. I know that guy. <laughs> I know that guy. Wow. That's gross. Yeah. The map is interesting. It's like all West U.S. Yeah, the, the 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 west of the United States is like Australia, where it's like there's just a lot of stuff that'll kill you. Uh, that's why we kind of stay here in New England, <laughs> where we know it's nice and safe. I'm not going to I haven't seen anything here that will kill me yet. Well, but that's what I was saying is I'm like, I'm not like squeamish around like spiders or anything like they, it really doesn't bother me if there's one like I'll just shoo it out, whatever. But if there was, I, I guarantee you, if there was like us. A, a reasonable size enough snake, I would just pick it up and like toss it into the woods or something. Like I'm, it was only a matter of time before I did something stupid. <laughs> I feel like you just need a pair of gloves or something. Like if you had a pair of gloves, well, that's there was a, a whole sheet in the car in the trunk. I could have just like used that. To, like there was I. Or I could have, honestly, it was just going to sit there and it was very noticeable. It's not like you were going to accidentally hit it, but my goodness, I just, my, my, my usual, I feel like most of the time I get in trouble because my MO is how can I get out of this situation as quickly as possible? Uh, and that's exactly, and I said, what is the literal fastest way to get this groundhog out of this parking lot to pick it up and move it? Didn't work for me. I'm on the bubonic plague Wikipedia. It's spread by infected fleas who might be attracted to the corpses. Sure. I see. That makes sense. So I see how, like, if you were near a pile of bones, you might get some Recently, a live creature less than 24 hours ago. Hmm. Right. Right. It's uh, moving of its own accord. Nasty. Gross. What else is uh what else is going on, gentlemen? Um we the the Don't Panic podcast received some follow-up uh via my email. My my friend Jim, who went to RC and also worked at Spotify at the same time I did, emailed me to say that the he emailed about Dan's Dan's budgeting uh, apparatus, and he, he emailed to say that he knows of one budgeting app that does the thing Dan was describing, which is like when you you know you you log in and it it prompts you with like to like you do some like swiping categorization thing. He said it's called "You Need a Budget." Why? Okay, I've heard of this. Referred to as Y N A B. I've heard of this. I didn't know you could log into your bank account with it. Yeah, apparently it connects. It's yeah. he said it connects. It connects with like Plaid, the thing that all the things use. What? Um, <laughs> I think he said in parents, if you don't, if you don't want to connect Plaid to your bank account, then it's not for you. Um, but it imports your debits and credits like automatically, and then when you open the app, it it like makes you classify them. So thanks, Jim. Also, I I will, Jim. I will. I will answer your email. It's a, it's in the <laughs> list. I just it was nice to hear from you. That is that is so sweet. Listen, Big Jim, you're this week's Don't Panic Listener of the Week. <laughs> Congratulations. 
Well done. The only person who listened. Uh, no, we appreciate it. That's wonderful to hear. I'm going to try this out and report back. I think you should because I've considered it before. I will I be sad it. if this does do everything I want because then I have to retire my terrible HTML 1.0 website. <laughs> oh, no. I worked so hard on. Technology is obsolete. Yeah. Nice. Budgets. Well, I do have a, uh, not purely tech-related, but I guess pivoting more into to our space. I actually, I've made a life-altering decision, gentlemen. Go on. I'm finally ready to retire my computer chair. Now, this thing is over 15 years old. <laughs> and it, frankly, hurts to sit in. Wow. Uh, There's nothing left. Now, I I may have told the story on the show of how I got the chair. If I haven't, I will tell it again briefly. Back in in high school, uh, family friend Larry used to run a survivor pool based on the TV show where you would buy in and you would pick how people would do on the show and then you'd win money if you did well. And I went to Larry and I said, uh, you know, these shows are all taped ahead of time. So if you look hard enough, somebody on the production spoiled it somewhere in the throes of the internet. What happened? Like, Mm -hmm. you can Google ahead of time. I went to Larry and I said, listen, Larry, I'm an honest guy. Your rules for the pool do not explicitly state no spoilers. So I'm going to recommend you add that. If you add that to the list of rules, I will not use any spoilers, I promise. But if you don't add it, I'm telling you, it's then technically within the rules and I will do it. And Larry said... Well, first of all, I don't I don't really believe in those things and whatever. You do whatever you want. Okay, Larry, I won the pool two years back to back because I use spoilers. Those proceeds helped buy this chair. Um, so it wasn't cheating. I gave Larry the opportunity to fix the rules and he declined um, in the only way I know how. Um, so, uh, I, but I'm in a bit of a conundrum because everywhere I Google online basically says if you don't spend like, 500 plus dollars on a chair you're not going to be happy but the problem is i don't work full-time from home i only use this chair a couple of times a week for like doing this show so i don't want to spend a ludicrous amount of money on a chair i do want to get something that's going to be comfortable and reasonably last so i was wondering if you two as guys who do spend a lot of time in your at-home computer chairs have any advice any features you like anything i should be on the lookout for in terms of a of a chair when i go shopping Um, I like adjustable armrests mm-hmm. like that go up and down. Uh, I also like, I don't know, the chair I have, the armrests, in addition to going up and down, they like go this way and this way, mm. which this way I don't think I care about so much, but I do like the this way. That's nice. And the up, the up and down is crucial. I have different up and down heights for different activities. Are you are you a constant adjuster? I know those people in the office who are always adjusting the height. Just just my arm, just my arms. The rest of the chair I have never never adjusted since I purchased it. But the 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 arms I adjust all the time. A because it's very easy. I don't have to like get out of the chair to do it. I can just like reach back and like. Whoosh, whoosh, <laughs> you know uh but i i do i do like that because like when i'm typing i need them very low because otherwise i end up like like i lean in a weird way and then i end up hurting but like when i'm doing other stuff i'm just like hanging out 
talking to you guys, for example, I like to, uh, you know, have a little arm support so I can get loose. Uh, <laughs> okay, sure. I, yeah, I know. I just, that's, that's the part of my, my all day office chair that I use the most is the arm, the arm adjustments. I don't have great advice on this because I I bought my first office chair in 2020 when I was like, well, uh, I'm not going to an office anytime soon. I'm going to buy an office chair. So I just went a wire cutter, bought the office chair that they recommend. I don't know if it's, it is certainly more comfortable than the fo- folding chair that, you know, if you look at this podcast four years ago, that that was the chair I was sitting in. It's certainly more comfortable than that. Um, and it's more comfortable than the 70s era little swivel chair that was in the apartment before that, which isn't saying much. I, I guess my piece of advice, I'm I'm happy with this office chair, but I do wonder, is it the most comfortable office chair for me? I have no idea. I just bought it and it seems fine. So I would recommend going to a physical store where you can try yeah. chairs mm. uh otherwise i don't have i don't know it's so much personal preference right like there's the Aeron chair that everybody loves but i think that one's a little scratchy it's a little it, not all fabrics that you might wear in your body work well with that chair um sure. it's very catchy yeah, my uh, my father bought for for his home office the cheapest chair, like the Amazon Basics office chair. Yeah, <laughs> that thing is actually literally uncomfortable. Uh, I, I will say there is a low point when it comes to these chairs. Um, it, it's pretty rough. So uh, the current chair I have is zero percent adjustable. I other than the height, it's it's all fixed in place. The 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 angle and the armrests and the whole thing. So I think I'm going to try and get something a little more um customizable and the other thing is this is it's all this heavy fabric like the whole way and Mm -hmm. so probably something with the breathable mesh is probably going to be more of the direction so it's a little more comfortable but i like the high back that is one thing that this chair has um is i like i like that not that i really ever use it but the cat sits up there so i can't get rid of it nice i had an ikea office chair once that was like it was not bad. That was yeah. pretty work from home days, though. So I don't know if it would would have stood up to all day, every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the 90s are going to call and I'm going to have to go to Staples um, and actually sit in some office chairs, unfortunately, uh, like the good old days um, and, and, and see what I like and don't like. I should just see because I like my my office chair provided by the company. I know it's not because we don't buy nice furniture. So maybe I just got to find out uh, where they bought that. Hmm. You could just do a heist. <laughs> just borrow just it. That one. Someone stole my chair. I came in this morning. My chair's gone. Who took my chair? That's I- a thing that happens. Like chairs get moved around. I will tell you when when we got sent home. Dur- like the first time during the pandemic and we, we knew we would come back eventually but we just didn't know when i saw people taking things out of the office that they had no business taking i saw <laughs> like i saw moving trucks worth of stuff coming out of that office and i don't know how much of it ever came back so wow. um i'm sure we've got enough chairs around when when we left at robin when when we left i like 
you know, they told us like it's going to be a little while, probably. You know, it was like two weeks or whatever. Yeah, we thought when it first started. Um, and like a lot of people took stuff, but I just like I don't know. I guess I just wasn't thinking about it. I left like my keyboard and stuff. Um, and then, you know, two years later or whatever, <laughs> when I went back to the office, like they was still there. <laughs> it was. And actually, it wasn't on the desk still. It had gotten like packed up in a box with my name. <laughs> with my yes. Name on it. There was like a lost and found of crap that people left on their desks two years prior. But I, I did get it back, and it's the keyboard I type on every day now. It's pretty good. You know? It's pretty good. I think I told on the story on here of, of the mini fridge we had that had food in it that we forgot to empty, and then the fridge also died. Uh, and, and we got back and we're like, what is that smell? And it, all the food was like green. It was awful. <laughs> um, and I was, I was mad about that. We had to toss that. That's upsetting. And I told my team, they got to work harder if they want to get a replacement mini fridge. <laughs> it's a, it's a privilege, not a right. Uh, guys, you know, we actually do have some tech news in the rundown this week. Kind of a, uh, uh, interesting mix of uh stories here from a bunch of different areas of technology and not technology things any uh while you guys are looking and deciding what story we're going to talk about first i want to thank everybody who's watching us live right now on the triple cast youtube twitch.tv and facebook you can join us on all those platforms live monday nights at uh, 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific uh we'd love to see you there guys where are we going to start I know what I want to start with. Well, don't be shy. The condiment story. Yes. This this, this one came <laughs> up on Twitter and I had to uh, instapaper it because I'm like, we're definitely going to talk about this on the show. Uh, that was possibly the most 2010 sentence you've ever said. <laughs> I still live there. I still live there. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I'm sorry. What are the cool kids using that I'm way behind? I And I sent it to my Yahoo Mail account. Right. Um, and then I posted it to MySpace. <laughs> uh, no, really, what should I be using to save my Twitter things? No, I think, you know, just the co- both of those companies are just companies that people don't necessarily talk about. I guess people still talk about Twitter, but not not in the same way. Oh, it's just a very... Instantaneous no. paper. <laughs> So bad. It's not even a good service. Anyway, uh, our good friends at the corporate behemoth Kraft Heinz has announced the debut of the Heinz Remix, a digital sauce dispensing machine capable of serving over 200 unique condiment condos uh, being unveiled this week at the National Restaurant Association show. Guys, I'm sure you're familiar with the Coke Freestyle, uh, a machine that lets you mix and match all the different Coke flavors with uh, various uh, flavored syrups. Uh, This is that, but for condiments, Uh, Alex Kleinerman, vice president of disruption at Kraft Heinz, that's a real thing, said, quote, with Heinz Remix, it's more than a sauce dispenser. It's an insights engine and business model enabler that will help Kraft Heinz understand and respond to consumer trends and flavor preferences in real time. Who knows? Maybe our next new sauce combination will come from a super fan using Heinz Remix. Uh, How does it work? Um, Yeah. Remix starts with four base sauces, ketchup, ranch, 57 sauce, and barbecue sauce. From there, the bases can be, quote, enhanced with one or more flavors, such as jalapeno, smoky chipotle, buffalo, and mango. Users can also customize the intensity of the flavors by selecting low, 
medium, or high. Um, Heinz says it's a great opportunity for them to test uh, in restaurants. It's the only place you'll be able to get these and then use that data to create future uh, condiments they may sell in stores. Guys, what crazy condiment combination would you come up with? So is this um, like the Coke machine at McDonald's where you can you interact with it yourself? Or is this something that the back of house people will be interacting with? Nope, you're exactly right. It's exactly like the Coke machine. Big touch screen, you the consumer. Uh, they Got have it. a picture of it here in the article, and you'll be able to tap which sauce you want to start with, and you and then pff, it'll kind of squirt out your, your condiment. <laughs> Get excited. This is it's the future. Actually, this is only 10% related to this. Recently, we needed mayonnaise for something. And we were at a Japanese grocery store, and they did not have mayonnaise. They did not have the mayonnaise that you would expect, but they did have Japanese mayonnaise. And then we Googled it, and it's a whole thing. Hmm. Japanese mayonnaise is a whole thing. It's very different. So uh, we got it, and we used it in our sandwiches, and it is way better. It's much, much more um, umami-ish and less, less sweet, more kind of interesting tasting. So if you're ever in a grocery store that carries Japanese mayonnaise. Check it out. That is very interesting. I do find a lot of mayonnaise is too sweet. So that is interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah. So uh, guys, would you, would you try the, uh, the Heinz remix here? That excite you? Absolutely. I mean, I would definitely try. <laughs> what, what is 57 sauce? I was going to ask that. So 57 Sauce, uh, it is a Heinz product that's been around for a long time. Uh, it certainly isn't new. It's their steak sauce. Oh. Uh, kind of like A1. Sure. It's a vinegar-based. I, I don't How know many flavors does Heinz uh, profess to have again? That is a good question. Uh, I'm going to go to the Heinz website and go to products. 57 varieties. That's what I thought. Yes. yes. But so what are they? It's the 57 sauce. Um, well, fun fact, if you're ever in Pittsburgh, there is a Heinz museum that you can go to, and Ooh. they have all sorts of interesting things. They had something on this. I forget what the answer is. That sounds incredible. I'm on the Heinz website. Um, and yeah, they, they, cause the other thing they're doing, if you guys have seen this is their combination sausage, like honey, racha and cranch, which is ketchup <laughs> ranch and mayo must and mayo chup and mayo racha, um, which I think lends well to the, uh, the remix concept. Sure. I mean, now, is I there would, a, I would use this thing if I came across one at a McDonald's or something. Absolutely. Uh, but see, I'd be, I'd be like, I think it's easier to mess this up than the Coke freestyle. Like, I feel like the Coke freestyle, it's like the flavors are like raspberry and vanilla. And you're like, okay, even if I like put the raw, it's still going to be sweet and taste good. It's all sugar. Yeah. Yeah. But with this, it's like, I'm going to do 57 sauce with mango. And it's like, no way. Come on. Stop that. That's not going to be good. Maybe there are safeguards in place. Like, <laughs> It's like too much. Stop. Uh, Dan warning. Danger. Warning. Danger. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, and you can select the flavor intensity, low, medium, high. Maybe there's like a secret menu where you can go up to like extreme and really. Right. Oh my God. There's going to be secret menus for this thing, out. isn't there? 
And they're going to, like, name them, and, oh, it's going to be a whole... Because you know there's a secret menu for uh, Coke Freestyle. Or, or like, of, of certain beverages that, like, have names and uh, that people like to make. Right. Like, well-known freestyles? <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like a, you know, animal style or something. It has names, and but you got to be in the know to know it. Um, sure. Did you know... I'm on the Heinz Wikipedia page, as you do, on this show. Uh... On October in October 2013, fast food chain McDonald's announced it would end its 40-year relationship with Heinz after the former Burger King chief Heese became its CEO. Did you know this? What the hell do they serve at McDonald's now? Well, well, McDo- what year was that? 2013. Yeah, they now have fancy ketchup. You've never had McDonald's fancy ketchup? I I guess I have, and I didn't know it. If you look up, I would McDonald's. be shocked if I had it. I've definitely had breakfast at McDonald's in that time. I can't say that I've had any other meal at McDonald's in that time. So here's an article from mash.com titled the real reason McDonald's stopped serving Heinz ketchup. Um, you're right. It was the Burger King connection. Uh, but according to this. Oh, boy, there's a lot of article here. I don't think I can scan or read this fast enough to give you the actual answer. But it was always funny to me. They call it fancy ketchup, which I thought was very funny. McDonald's. Is it McDonald's fancy ketchup? Yes. Huh. That's so How is McDonald's? Uh, let's see. Fancy ketchup is U.S. grade A ketchup that has good color, good consistency, good flavor, and free of defects. It must also have at least 33% tomato solids, making it thick enough to stay in place on your food. You gotta get those solids. Heinz is also fancy ketchup. Um, Oh, here you go. Here's the difference. McDonald's ketchup consists of tomato concentrate from red ripe tomatoes, distilled vinegar, high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup, water, salt, natural flavors. Heinz doesn't have the water. And Heinz contains onion powder and spice, while McDonald's does not. So it's a, McDonald's is a little thicker, and Heinz has a little more spice to it. Here's another one of my favorite quotes from this Wikipedia article. In 2001, Heinz acquired the pasta sauce, dry bouillon, and soup business of Borden Foods. CEO William Johnson stated that, quote, they fit very well with our tomato-based expertise. <laughs> Hell yeah, I just, food is so <laughs> fascinating to me. You know what else, not to keep on this topic, we're going to just talk about this little show. Are you guys familiar with Icy? No, what's that? Like the slushy drink, oh, Icy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you familiar with Slush Puppy? Hell yeah. Yes. Do you know that they're owned by the same company? That is not surprising. What? That Isn't seems that, like the, but the they Girl started Scout cookie as, thing. Well, they yeah. started as separate companies mm-hmm. and then got bought by the same... J&J Snack Foods, by the way, I learned this today. It, they're the same company that owns uh, Super Pretzel, the soft pretzel brand, Dippin' Dots, Luigi's um, Italian Ice, and a bunch of other of those type of brands. But do you know what the difference is between an Icy and a Slush Puppy? I did not know this. No. An icy is technically carbonated. Huh. Weird. Uh, whereas the slush puppy is not. I never noticed that. Yeah, but you just named I, a bunch of brands like, you know, mall, food court. Oh, dessert. stadium kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Apparently it's very lucrative. I always thought like slush puppies, they had a like more granular ice texture. <laughs> Yes, because I think that was part of what the combi- uh, the carbonation was doing, was lightening it up a little bit, getting some air and 
to the crystals. The other big difference was that uh, Icy was usually pre-mixed with flavors, where Slush Puppy usually came ice only, and then you would add the syrup on top of it. Right. That is a classic New England uh, item yeah. right there. The one convenience store in our town had Slush Puppies. Basically a shaved ice machine. Yeah. yeah. I super want one now. <laughs> I don't know last time I had one. Slush puppies and penny candies. They they still had back when I was a child. Yeah. Wow. Wild. We are off topic here. Anyway, so look for a Heinz remix coming to a food location near you. Absolutely wild. Are there any other foods you guys would like to see in a customizable touchscreen kiosk? Nachos. Okay, that could be fun. Ice cream, or at least ice cream toppings. I mean, slushies, or did we, you know? That's a great one. We used to do this at at Boy Scout summer camp. There was a machine, you know, with N number of nozzles, each of which had some sort of flavor. And you could, if you could convince the person working the counter, you could convince them to combine multiple flavors into one. One of which was Mert was uh, rumored to like kill you. Basically, I forget what it was called death slushy. I think maybe mm. does it. We used to go to Cumberland farms for that, where they had like, it was like wow. a dollar or something. Oh some, yeah. Like stupid price for a, a cup that was like this big. And they had like a soda fountain and like slushy machines that you, you got to serve yourself. And so you could you could combine those liquids. Yeah, Dan, anyway. I, I think what you're thinking of is a suicide. Is, is that because that's that's where you you do one of every flavor and they call it a, a suicide. OK, that could be right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is an actual thing. Um, yeah, absolutely terrible. I would love to see a. Um... Oh, crap, I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, we've got more tech news of the rundown. Any other stories in here you guys want to? We got the fun one out of the way. There, there's some other interesting ones. Tick, tick, tick. Oh, sorry. I got distracted looking at slushy. Uh... Oh, we can keep talking about slushy. I got no problem with that. <laughs> um, the thing I want to talk about that seems important, but I didn't, I haven't read the article, is the uh, privacy fine to to Facebook, formerly Meta, formerly known as Facebook. Record-breaking. Record-breaking, that's right. I hope you guys got $1.3 billion between the couch cushions. Meta's been hit with a record-breaking fine by EU data regulators has been ordered to stop transferring the Facebook data of EU citizens to the U.S. Uh, the EU courts believe such transfers expose U.S. citizens to privacy violations. Um, the ruling was made by Ireland's Data Protection Commission, which said that the legal uh, current legal framework for data transfers does not address the risks um, to the fundamental rights and freedoms of the EU users uh, and violates GDPR, their privacy law. Um, last year, Meta said it would be forced to consider shutting down Facebook and Instagram in the EU if it wasn't able to send data back to the US, but apparently the EU wouldn't uh, didn't really buy that. Um, 
the uh, Meta has now been ordered to stop these data transfers, although there are a few cutouts. The ruling only applies to data from Facebook specifically, not other Meta companies like Instagram and WhatsApp. Second, there's a five-month grace period before Meta has to stop future transfers and a six-month deadline to stop holding current data in the U.S. And third and most important, the EU and U.S. are currently negotiating a new deal uh, to transfer data that could be in place as early as this summer and late as October. So is it really going to change anything? Probably not. But the EU did get a billion uh, plus dollars out of Meta, so yeah, they did okay. Is is Apple still paying the like ten million dollar a week fine in the Netherlands? Do we know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It does. The circle does say the previous EU record of seven hundred and forty six million uh, was levied against Amazon in twenty twenty one for a similar privacy violation. Oh no no no! That's right. They did eventually um, change their policy. In fact. <laughs> There's a whole Apple developer support article. I'll put it in the uh, don't panic Slack about how to distribute dating apps in the Netherlands. <laughs> nice. It's funny. I wonder how many millions of dollars that that cost Apple. That's so funny. Yeah, I think the better question is, do they care? Presumably yeah. not. This is actually a kind of an interesting article. Like they even give you like, here's the copy you should use in English and in Dutch to explain why you go to another website to complete this transaction. Download design specifications. I will download these. Wow. It comes in a zip. Yes, please. Ooh, what is in big here? Zip. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. We're going to have uh, WWDC coming up in a couple of weeks here. Uh, with a new version of iOS and potentially some rumors around them opening up the platform based on some of these uh, laws and lawsuits. And I do wonder if some of this is a a test run, if you will, of the type of uh, information they'll have to provide to all of their developers. Well, it's interesting. When you download this design spec, it doesn't say that it's only for dating apps in the Netherlands. It is an external purchase modal sheet. I put the picture in the... Oh, uh, look at that. That is a great modal sheet. Hot damn. So, there you go. Wow. So modal. (laughs) Very interesting. Very interesting. So, there you go. Uh, 1.3 billion, but... Doesn't seem like it's going to stop them. They're off the hook for the next six months, and by then there'll probably be a new pact in place. The previous pact between the ESAUs, known as Privacy Shield, was declared invalid in 2020 after the EU's top court found it did not protect data from being scraped by U.S. surveillance programs. Um, so when this new law goes into place, it won't really matter. So, There you go. All right, well... Guys, unless there's another story in here you really want to talk about, we can uh, pivot on over to picks if that's all right. Oh, no. I will take that as a resounding yes, guys. It's time to get to picks. It's the part of the show where we just bring something we want to share with the world, and we've got an interesting mix here. Um, I will go first and work my way down the list. Uh, I was surprised I hadn't picked this before. I actually did a search across our hundreds of spreadsheet tabs, and realize we've never had the word scream ever in our spreadsheet. Not once. Very interesting. 
Uh, guys, this may be one of the ugliest websites you've ever seen. Um, has not changed since the early 2000s. Screamscape.com. I am a nerd about many topics, one of which is theme parks. I find them very interesting, especially how they change and what's new and all these sorts of things. And this is the best aggregator site out there. Screamscape.com updates nearly every day with links to updates on all the parks, domestic and international, um, with links out to other articles. This is a great summary site that will tell you what's hot, what's new. I check this like every day. Um, to find out what's going on. Um, it's a gross website, and I will actually suggest you turn off your ad blocker just for the hoot of it on this particular site so you can see just how horrible it is um, when there's uh, no ad blocking on because it is it is aggressive. But if you can get past that, it is a great place to find a summary of everything going on in the theme park world. And if you're a nerd like me and want to see that, uh, I recommend you check it out, screamscape.com. Already? This is so interesting. I, I clicked on one of these articles. There are no pictures. You'd think that you would want pictures of theme parks, but they it's all like like a uh, I guess they link out to YouTube videos sometimes, but it's all very text based. It, yeah, it's literally just straight written updates in like a blog form almost <laughs> where it's just a couple sentences or like uh, the kind of the thing you'd write to your manager about what you did this week. It's just like, yeah, very interesting. Minimalist, uh, which which is I appreciate because I usually there aren't a lot of details when something happens. It's just two or three sentences. Hey, the rumor is this is happening or just let you know this is now open. And I'm like, that's really all I need. So it's a very uh, quick way to stay up to date. Uh, Dan, let's see what technology yes. you've got for us. Yeah, so way back, a couple of years ago, I think, Sean was like, I think this is what you said, the only piece of smart home technology you actually need is a smart garage door opener. Am I putting words in your mouth? I didn't say that, but it's very smart, so I'm happy to take I the credit. I think you did. Because, or was it the smart lock, I think? Maybe it was the smart lock, mm. you're like number one. I think it was a smart garage door opener. I do, I, like, did, I do miss it. It was a great piece of technology. I think you were like, all the rest of it's BS, but this is the thing that's actually helpful. So... I had a uh, crap. What's the what's the company that makes um, Chamberlain? I had a Chamberlain, whatever, the, whatever. The MyQ. Yeah, and uh, it was extremely cheap, um, incredibly, incredibly cheap. But it did not work that that well. There was lots of times where it lost connectivity, or it thought the garage door was open, it was closed. Thought it was closed when it was open. Um, it was a pain. And there was no HomeKit support. Uh, well, there was that one, you, oh, buy our $100 bridge. But then they discontinued that. And you could use it with, with HomeBridge, but it wasn't that great. Uh, and so we moved to the new house. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the wire cutter upgrade pick that requires a lot more work to get installed, but the claim is way more reliable. This thing is called Tailwind. Um, it's not that much more work. It's, lo it's laborious, but not difficult work you have to like string this little wire up along the track um not hard uh and since then this thing it responds so much faster I, the other one had tons of lag it, so there's this rule that if i don't know if it's a law or just the thing that people do where it, if a garage door is closing it needs to like notify people in the area that the garage door is closing the myq one was so loud and so obnoxious Mm -hmm. um this one's much 
you know, it's still noticeable. Like you can still hear it from like the sidewalk, but not like a blaring alarm. I always felt bad coming home from like something at 1230. And it's like, oh, now I'm going to close the garage door. Beep, 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 beep. It was ugh, terrible. Uh, and it has native home kit integration, integration with everything you could possibly imagine. And that also works super well. And uh, you can get this little puck that you put in your car. I think if you have non-Tesla cars, this is easier. Classic. Uh, but if you don't, uh, you can get this puck that you put in your car. And as soon as you get close to your garage door, it opens. Using It seems to use GPS. I don't understand the relationship between the puck, the GPS, and the app. Um because it like asks you, like, okay, stand in your driveway and and click OK. And then that's how I'm going to know when it's time to open your garage door. And like as soon as I turn into the driveway, my, and again, my, my driveway is just a little bit longer than the car itself. <laughs> as soon as I turn into it, the garage door opens. Uh, so the Tailwind thing works super well. And it's compatible with basically everything. And... And they also have a Shopify order page that, that really abuses their radio buttons. Something about if you have a remote that looks like this, it, you have to get this other thing from them to, in supplements. But otherwise, I think it's compatible to pretty much everything. This looks fantastic. I'm so jealous I don't have a garage anymore. Because um, it's <laughs> I great. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That was one of my, uh, one of my uh, complaints with the MyQ was I could never get the automatic opening to work really well. Whatever sensors it was using, GPS yeah. or whatever, it just was not. I would like drive by the street by my house and it would open the garage door. So um, now that they have something that works better, that's that's definitely impressive. That's very I haven't. Cool. I should try that. I haven't tried that. Um, I don't think it would trigger it, but we'll have to see. My get, I, total guess, I'm a total moron. My guess is this actually uses Bluetooth. I don't mm-hmm. think GPS is sensitive enough. And my guess is they measured the strength of the Bluetooth when your car was in the garage. And it's not when it connects. It's when it has the correct strength mm-hmm. that that's when it actually triggers it. No, don't know if that's true, but because um, no. I know that's why I said uh, any I used to like if and some of that stuff with GPS, you know, turn the lights on when I pull in the driveway. And the GPS was never good enough on my phone to uh, to trigger that. So I'm glad they have a better solution. Tailwind. GoTailwind.com. Very cool. Thank you, Dan. I always like seeing what new uh, home gadgetry you've come up with. Colby, in a long line of vague picks, what are you picking this week? Oh, baby. <clears throat> I, my pick is just the Apple TV <laughs> streaming <laughs> service. But we've just been watching a ton of TV on there and like none of it is bad. In fact, like, not only is it not bad, it's like all of it is pretty good. There aren't that many things that are amazing, but like none of it is bad, which is not something you can say about like <clears throat> Netflix, right? Like terrible, mostly garbage. Netflix is like the opposite. Like most of it is totally horrible. And, the you know, occasionally there's a really good thing. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a good streaming deal. Like, there's not that much stuff, but it's all pretty good. I don't know. Check it out. Ted Lasso's good, obviously. 
Yeah, you're of course talking about Jason Momoa in C. <laughs> well, the I, show where everyone's blind for some reason. To, to be fair, I haven't watched everything on <laughs> Apple TV Plus. <laughs> uh, no, this is great. Apple TV, I think, has got to be one of the few streaming services I haven't gotten sucked into paying for, which probably says more about me than anything else. Um, so, and there are a bunch of shows I do want to watch. So maybe, maybe Colby, you're the one to finally push me over the edge. Can I join your Apple family so I don't have to pay for it? <laughs> sure. The, the hey. family plan. <laughs> what a deal. Colby, what have you been watching besides Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso severance was pretty good slash weird. I love severance. Yep. We've been watching the last thing he told me, which has been pretty good so far silo has been good so far shrinking the f- shrinking is great the f- uh foundation was pretty good some like epic sci-fi stuff going on slow horses was good did you see the tetris movie <laughs> i didn't i didn't watch the tetris movie i don't think i've watched any of the movies have you uh, read the foundation books colby yeah okay i sort of don't remember them if we're being completely honest but i like watching the show i was like yeah you sort of remember this um servant was good slash weird the m night travel on one there's like a ton of stuff on here that i have not watched bad sisters was really good did you see for all mankind i watched a couple seasons i haven't finished for all mankind um also same like pretty good well listen with a succession uh, season finale next week i'm gonna be looking for something to watch so maybe i'll some i I can only do one like serious show at a time Mm. um and so maybe maybe apple tv will be my next thing sure sure nice very good colby thank you excellent pick um great picks all around folks should definitely go check those out we'll link those on the website guys anything else you would like to talk about or plug or discuss or share with the world this evening no they're shaking their heads well listen i will plug away for you up for debate guys it is the final episode of the uh dream daddy saga being taped this week in which uh we have now picked a daddy uh we are dating craig uh, in last week's episode, we went on our first date. It went pretty well. The question is this week, will we seal the deal? You're going to have to find out on Up for Debate. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts or at UpForDebate.tv. Of course, this show is Don'tPanic.io. We'll have links to all those picks on the website in case you forget how to get Apple TV. We'll have the link to the website there. Uh, and, of course, all the episodes, audio and video. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Look for that big red Don't Panic button with the video version on YouTube. We've never looked better in HD. Uh, and I also got to tell you to follow us. Don't panic show at gmail.com uh, for Gmail. And of course on Twitter at don't panic show. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up here. I recommend people come back next week. We're going to have another great show. And then I believe the week after that's going to be WWDC. So we we're we're cruising into June full speed folks. So we appreciate you being here on behalf of Dan and Colby. I'm Sean. Y'all have a great evening. We'll see you next time on another wonderful episode of don't panic.
This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.